What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman, and I'm glad to welcome another member of Talking Chop, a well-known member of Talking Chop for years, Scott Coleman. Now, for those who may be wondering, and Scott, I've been asked this many times. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I can confirm me and Scott are not not actually brothers. We're not even related. We are just simply fans of the Braves. Scott, can you confirm that as well? Yes, I can confirm. Uh, good to be on with you, Sean. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's it's getting close, isn't it? It's crazy to think. It feels like just yesterday was opening day, and and here we are. There's only ten games left in the season, and this time in a week and a half, we'll have a good idea of of where the season is going to go. And it's crazy when you have a day like today that just unfortunately has not gone the Braves' way at all. We'll get to that in just a second. You know, it seemed like the norm before July, or you know, for, through the you know through the month of July, and then afterwards, once we made all these trades, got on such a hot streak. These days have been few and far between. But I know that you yourself been on vacation to be keeping up with the Braves. But what a roller coaster of a day that just unfortunately did not go the Braves' way, either out in Arizona or with the Pirates facing the Phillies. Yeah, everything looked like it was going to plan. You feel good with a 4-1 lead, and Charlie Morton looked fantastic. And then, I mean, truly, in like a stretch of 15 pitches, the game completely flipped. Um, You know, it's it's an unfortunate way, and uh, the Braves certainly took care of business to win three out of four against Arizona, and it looked like they were on their way to a sweep. And, you know, that's baseball. A game can change in a a moment's notice, but um, I think – kind of driving in that that pain a little bit more of course was the the pirates took a six nothing lead early against the phillies tonight uh for those who weren't following along and then the phillies i think scored 10 unanswered runs uh to win the game and now the division leads down to two so uh you add those two together and it was a frustrating day and thankfully you still have a two-game lead in the division uh but it it was not a, a great last i don't know eight hours or so for the atlanta braves Agreed completely. And before we get into the details of the weekend, I do want to get your opinion on this, Scott, because I know that you and Brad talk about this a lot. And kudos to y'all talking about the Charlie Morton extension the night before it actually happened. But, you know, I mentioned it a few times on the Daily Hammer. When you have Charlie Morton and Max Fried out there, I truly feel they are one of the best duos of starting pitchers, at least in the National League. But if the Braves can survive this storm from the Phillies, get through this past week plus of the season, I really do feel, if it's the Brewers or whomever it is, in those two games where we have Charlie Morton and Max Fried on the mound with this offense, we truly could have a chance. They've been pitching like two aces, which have been clutch for the Braves outside of the offensive outbursts we've seen. Yeah, Charlie Morton has been everything and more that you could have possibly hoped for. And 
to make that one-year deal with him at the start of the season. You, you just had to hold your breath a little bit given his age. He's, he is certainly a guy who's a little bit older, but man, he has been so good, especially lately. And, and then I think kind of quietly Max Fried is, has flown under the radar, but he has been as good as anyone in the, in the league over the last three months or so. He was a little shaky early in the season and was probably just trying to get back into a groove after the shortened year in 2020. But you're right. If, if the Braves able to get in, uh, Milwaukee, which would almost guarantee, I don't know if it's mathematically guaranteed at this point, but you're very likely seeing the Brewers in the first round. Um, you know, Milwaukee has some great pitching, but whenever you have Morton or Freed and even Ian, uh, Ian Anderson looked really good in Arizona last night, um, you have to feel pretty good about your chances. And, hey, that you know, playoff baseball ultimately comes down more times than not to which team pitches better. Uh, and, I, and I think with you, with the Braves, you have to feel good about Morton and Freed as your top two guys. And, of course, that's looking ahead, which we hopefully, all of us hope that we'll be able to experience. But before we get there, you know, you talk about the pitching advantage, and that is certainly something that's going to be a big narrative going into this weekend series against San Diego. Reset the scene a little bit. The Braves have a two-game lead over the Phillies this morning before the Braves go into a weekend where four outcomes are going to be on the line against the Padres as we make up a game from a July rainout. We'll talk about that in just a second. But that is a big narrative in that you've got Max Fried starting in the actual full game tonight, Scott, but you're going to have to rely heavily on this bullpen in this suspended game and also especially in Saturday and Sunday's game. Coming off yesterday's, you know, unfortunate breakdown by Jacob Webb, you're depending on a bit of an uncertain bullpen at times to come out and perform this weekend. It's going to make the difference, I think, for the Braves to finish off this weekend strong in San Diego. Yeah, it's an interesting matchup, right? You take the field and they're going to be in Petco Park but the Braves are the home team. They're going to get the last at bat, which is a little odd. Um, but you come into the game, you're down five to four. This is, of course, an extension of a game that was uh, called because of rain maybe a month ago in Atlanta. Um, and, and the Padres are a significantly different team than they were when Atlanta last saw them. Um, you know, that they, they have really faded after a terrific start. They've probably been the most disappointing team in the league over the last few months. And, and now it's on the Braves with Max Freed and, and uh, you know, an opportunity in the nightcap to to hopefully pick up a win. And then, hey, you have nine outs to make up a one-run deficit. Um, it, it's going to be a very interesting day. And as you noted, um, the standings can swing dramatically on Friday evening based on how those two games finish up. Yep, and then, of course, Waskar on Saturday, and then we'll see if they go bullpen. Maybe they can go Drew Smiley. I imagine the Braves will approach Sunday based off how the first three outcomes come this weekend. But, Scott, the other thing that I'll ask you is this, as far as the offense goes, and I know that y'all talked a bit about it on the Talking Chop podcast, but I've noted several times on the Daily Hammer, this offense certainly seems to be heavily reliant on power, especially the long ball, as they should be with how – much they could hit the ball out of the ballpark. But even though numbers suggest we've done good with running runners in scoring position over the past month plus, especially on the road, it does seem like at times there's still a little bit to be left desired. In Petco Park, we're really going to have to capitalize on our scoring chances, something we haven't done in past years against the Padres. 
Yeah, for for better or worse, this lineup is very home run dependent. And it's funny, whenever they're launching home runs every night, you, you don't worry about it as much because home runs are the, the quickest way to, uh, to make a big impact and have a crooked number uh, in any given inning. But then as we've seen prior to this series in Arizona over the last few days, when the team isn't hitting for a whole lot of power, you can have a lot of low-scoring games. You can have these lulls where if a couple guys aren't hitting for power, uh, it, it can be really frustrating to watch. So it, you're absolutely right, especially at night as the weather cools down a little bit. Petco becomes a very large ballpark. Um, it, it'll be a real challenge, and we'll see. You hope the Braves, they're, they're probably catching the Padres at their lowest point all year. I, I don't believe they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but I think it can happen uh, this weekend, and in part, of, of of course, is them being in a loaded National League West with the, with the Giants and the Dodgers. But um, it's going to be a challenge anytime a team has to travel out west, especially this late in the year. Uh, we've we've known for a while these these two lengthy West Coast road trips are going to be a real challenge and might ultimately determine if the Braves make the playoffs or not. Um, th- this is, of course, the the final weekend on the road in San Diego. It's been a difficult place for for the Braves to play in recent years, and they're going to have to come out firing uh, because you know the Padres, despite their issues, are, are not going to go out without a fight. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, especially with, you know, the young talent that they have out there still looking to prove themselves. It certainly is. You're certainly going to get a talent upgrade facing the Padres versus the Diamondbacks. Of course, the other thing that we're watching is Adam Duvall. His injury, it seems like it was simply fatigue. It's expected that he'll be in the lineup um, coming into tomorrow into tonight's game. But, Scott, I'll ask you this question. Obviously, Jorge Soler has been absolutely outstanding. Is there an outfielder? Of the four, Peterson, um, Rosario, Duvall, and Soler, is there? We we know the power, we know that's there. But is there any one of those four that's really stood out for a specific reason beyond the power that has really impressed you and really deepened this Braves lineup more than you expected after we lost Ronald Acuna Jr.? Yeah, I think um, really two things came to mind for me: not being able to watch Jorge Soler's career very closely, of course, during his first, his tenure with the Cubs and then the Royals. Um, I always knew he had power, but I've been particularly impressed with his plate discipline. He is not someone up there just hacking away. He works the count really well. Um, It's funny, whenever whenever Brian Snitker changed up the lineup and moved Jorge Soler to leadoff, I think it raised some eyebrows, but he has as good of an eye as really anyone on the team outside of maybe Freddie. Um, he, He gets deep into counts and 
as we know, he just he hits the ball so so hard, and I've been incredibly impressed with him. And I think with Adam Duvall, um, you know, his versatility defensively has really paid dividend. We all know the power is is just huge for this lineup. It lengthens everything. Uh, but his ability to shift into center field, even if he's not a gold glover there by any means, his ability to play center field, to keep that that bat in the order, and, and then to make room for someone like an Eddie Rosario, who's been really strong since since uh, being activated off the injured list. Uh, I think Duvall's versatility is underrated. And uh, as we talked about with the additions of those guys at the trade deadline, this lineup went from being extremely top-heavy to a legitimate threat one through eight. And I think that's what made last year seem so dangerous. There were no easy outs. It's a team that works the count, makes the starting pitcher work really hard. And when you can extend the lineup like those guys do and be a threat one through eight, um, it really is a tough team to pitch to and and one that if they're able to get into the postseason uh, could do a lot of damage. And that's the other thing that we'll focus on as well is that deep lineups are something that the Braves haven't necessarily had at their disposal in previous years. But one thing that stands out about previous playoff appearances, Scott, and I know that you've had a bit of a closer look to this with living down to you know where you live compared to those of us out here near Atlanta, is that it always seems like the Braves, several of their postseason exits have come via the NL West twice to the Giants over the past two decades, three times this decade to the load alone when it comes to the Dodgers. What do you, I mean, it, it's certainly because the D- Giants and Dodgers just have been good, but what is it about the NL West that just makes it hard? The Braves are going to have to win out West to eventually make it to the World Series, it feels. Yeah, you know, you, you of course, oh, you look back and the Giants had their incredible run over a couple of years where – uh, the even year magic, of course, winning three three World Series in five years. Uh, that was tough. Some of those series against the Giants, the 2010 series in particular, the NLDS, sticks out in my mind as, as just a very close and competitive series. And, and then, of course, last year we saw just how good of a series that was with the Dodgers, even in the neutral site where they were playing in Texas. Uh, they, they just couldn't quite close it out. But you're right, if, if they want to – reach the next level and get to the World Series. It feels like, especially this year, it's going to flow through the National League West. We'll see what happens with the with the Giants and the Dodgers as far as who wins the division and, and who has to play in the one-game wild card, presumably against uh, St. Louis. Um, but if, if you're looking for a positive here, it's that Atlanta will, again, assuming they make it, will get a Brewers team, which is, you know, Milwaukee is a good quality ball club, but I think it's it's certainly fair to say that San Francisco and Los Angeles are in a, a different tier this year. And, hey, baseball is a weird game. Things can get funky in a short series. But ultimately, you're right. If, if they're going to make the World Series, whether it's this year or down the road, the National League is primed to be very good for a long time. And, and that's just something they're going to have to get through if, if they want to get to the, uh, you know, get to the very end of the road. So, Scott, I'll put you on the spot here. You and Brad obviously record the Talking Chop podcast on Sunday nights. Do you think we'll be more than two games ahead in the division at two games or potentially have less than a two-game hmm. lead in the division by the time y'all record Sunday night? Well, it doesn't help that the Phillies get the Pirates this weekend. Um, you know, the Phillies have struggled a bit with teams that aren't as good in the, over the last month and We'll see what happens there. If, if I had to guess, I guess to, to put a number on it, I will say that Atlanta will end the weekend one game ahead of the Phillies. I, I think the 
the Phillies certainly have the advantage of, of being able to play Pittsburgh where Atlanta's going to have to battle a San Diego team that's still trying to win something. But even if it's a one-game lead going into, I believe they're off on Monday and then starts a massive three-game series against Philadelphia on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, I'll say Atlanta goes into that series with a, a one-game lead. And, hey, we'll see. I mean, it, it's been – I looked back on this past month and it felt like any time the Braves were primed to make a run, they've taken a step back. And then whenever it seemed like the Phillies were going to start making a run, they've taken a step back too. Um, it's been a very interesting and up and down year for both clubs, but I think ultimately having that two game lead with 10 to go is, is something to certainly account for. And hopefully the Braves at the very least are able to go into that series with Philadelphia with a little bit of a cushion uh, because those games are, are very likely going to determine who wins the division. Obviously. So it does seem like it eventually is going to be decided in that three game series next week. But of course, We'll have you covered the Daily Hammer, obviously, today, obviously over the weekend. By the time the Braves know the outcome of their next four games against the San Diego Padres, Brad Rowland and Scott Coleman will be right with you on the Talking Chop podcast. And you can also find the Road to Atlanta podcast as well, all at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop on social media. Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. If you'll stick with us for just a second after the podcast, everybody can find you at Scott Coleman 55. They all know that. But thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you, Sean. Great to be on with you. I appreciate you taking the time and here's open for a good weekend. Hopefully so. His name's Scott Coleman. My name is Sean Coleman. Make sure to follow all the Braves action through Talking Chop this weekend. We'll have you covered, especially next week, the last week of the season. That'll do it here for us on the Daily Hammer. Go Braves. We'll see you next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.